Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today we're talking about boundaries, and that is such a huge, huge topic that we could have a dozen podcasts on different parts of boundaries and what it means to set a boundary and what happens when people cross your boundaries and, and how to set them up and how to learn to say no and all kinds of different things. And even when it gets really abusive, like how do you hold boundaries when people won't hold them? And so even though it's a big complex topic, I wanted to start today with some fundamental principles about boundaries so that we can better understand them and so that we can begin to learn how to set them in our lives and in our relationships. So first of all, what is a boundary? A boundary is a clear statement of what's okay and what's not okay with you and in your relationships and with the people around you. It's also a statement of what you will and you won't do. And so if you think about it, a boundary happens from two different directions. The first one is, what will you tolerate from other people? And that's going to be different for every person. What's okay and what's not okay for them when, when you're around is up to you. You don't have to be around people who are doing things that it's not okay and you, you don't want them to do that. And then the second one is a boundary about what you're willing to do. What kinds of time and energy and resources are you willing to give and are you not willing to give? What are you willing to do and not do? So I think that's a really good, clear statement at the beginning of what a boundary is. What's okay and what's not okay? What will you do and what won't you do? So the first principle of boundaries is that you have to know for yourself what you want, need, think, and feel before you can create a boundary and tell someone else. If you're not clear about it yourself, then they're not going to be clear about it. And so the first thing to do when you're going to set a boundary is actually take out a piece of paper and start exploring the boundary that you want to create. Now, it seems like kind of a pain to take all this extra time when it's someone else's behavior that's affecting you. Either they're asking you to do things you don't want to do and they keep bugging you about it, or they're doing things that bother you that you're not okay with. And so it doesn't seem fair that you need to create this extra time to create your boundary because it's their fault in the first place. and You just want them to stop, but we don't get to have manuals for other people. And if we do have manuals for other people about what they should and shouldn't do, you know, sort of like, here's my manual for coworkers. These are all the things that I think coworkers should and shouldn't do. Here's my manual for husbands. Here's all the things that I think husbands should and shouldn't do. It's not going to be useful because they don't have the same manual. They don't think like you do. They are a totally different and separate person. And so that's why we need boundaries. And so even though it seems like it's unfair and that it's their fault that they're doing all these things that they shouldn't be doing in the first place, it's irrelevant because it's your boundary. You're the one who wants the change. You have to own what it is that you want, need, think, and feel in this situation so that you can create a boundary and then communicate that boundary to someone else and then hold that boundary also. So it's really useful to take that time for that 10 minutes or whatever it takes, sometimes longer at first, 
to ask yourself, what do I want in this situation? What do I need? What do I think? What are my thoughts associated with this? And what are my emotions that are coming up during the situation? There's a couple reasons it's worth the effort to do that. Number one is it gives you practice tapping into your own wants, needs, thoughts, and feelings. And so you get better at it because you're self-reflecting a little more. The second reason it's good is because once you get practiced at this, you don't have to take the 10 minutes anymore. You can just take a moment to reflect in the middle of the situation and you can do it in real life on the fly. And the third reason it's useful is because that person's not going away in your life. You probably still live with them or still work with them. And so taking the time to solve a situation now is really going to pay dividends for recurring situations down the road because you're going to create a new boundary and they're going to figure out this new boundary. So first principle of boundaries, you got to know what you want, think, need, and feel before you can tell somebody else. Let's take a look at an example. Let's take the example of someone who's caring for elderly parents. That's a tough situation to be in. It takes a lot of time and energy and it usually happens just as your kids are getting older and you start to feel a little bit of freedom in yourself and you're kind of done with the whole caretaking thing. And then all of a sudden now you're caretaking for your parents. There's a lot of different things that you might be wanting, needing, thinking, and feeling. And so get out a piece of paper and let's explore some of them. So here are some things you might be feeling. You might be feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, resentful because all of the siblings aren't helping. You might be feeling touched because this caretaking is a very intimate thing. There's a lot of emotions beyond that that you might be feeling. And so get in touch with those and think about what am I feeling in this situation? It's going to be different for every person. Then you're going to want to put down your thoughts. Here are some of the thoughts that keep recurring in this situation. I can't do this anymore. I need some help. It's not fair that none of the siblings are doing this. I resent what's happening. I'm going to explode next time somebody says, you're so patient. I don't see how you do it. I'm going to punch him in the nose. Those are the kinds of thoughts that you might be having. Just do a whole thought download, get in the middle of the situation and be like, here's all the thoughts that occur to me in this situation. The next list you might make is what do you actually want in this situation? I want two days a week off where I'm not doing any caretaking. I want my in-laws or my parents or whoever it is you're caretaking out of the house. If they happen to be in your house, I need them to be gone from my home physically for 48 hours a week. I want someone to come in and do meals. I want someone to take them shopping. I want someone to make calls every single day, whatever it is that you want. Nobody knows what you want. I don't know what you want. I don't even know what I want sometimes. And so I need to take that moment to dream about a future possibility where I'm not the only one doing it. And again, it seems unfair because I'm in the one that's in the middle of overwhelm and that's resentful and in the middle of this huge, difficult situation. Well, guess what? No one's coming to rescue you. And so you got to take responsibility for your own self because in doing so, in taking this extra time to figure out your boundaries, you're going to save yourself so much time and hurt and energy and distress in the long run. So you keep thinking about in a wonderful new world where people actually did what I wanted them to do. What would that look like? What do I want them to do? And you can get really specific. Here's the list of 13 things that I want other people to handle in this situation. 
And it might be that you're completely not willing to do anything anymore. That's okay. You can say, I want to have no part of this. And that's okay if you don't want to have any part of that particular situation. The last thing is making a list of the things that you need. Needs are something that are so personal and that can get so stomped on that it's important to think about what is it that I actually need in this situation? Maybe you just need some appreciation. It might be, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you need more autonomy and say in what's going on. Maybe you need a sense of self-care. Maybe you need some downtime. Maybe you need to feel supported and not alone in this situation. Once you know what you want, need, think, and feel, then you can create I statements, which is a whole separate podcast, a whole separate skill. I feel blank about what's happening here. And you just describe clearly what's happening because, and then you describe the because and how it's affecting you. And it's basically like an impact statement. You use this I statement to help other people see the impact of their behavior on you. So once you know what you want, think, need, and feel, you can create your I statements and you can talk to people about what it is you're requesting and you request it as an equal. You can say, it would mean a lot to me if, I would appreciate it if, this is important to me. Would you be willing to? How would it be if you, those are some ways that you can ask a peer for help and support. That brings us to the second basic principle of boundaries. And that is, that once you have a backbone boundary, you can remain calm. So what is a backbone boundary? Basically, you can know all day what you want, think, need, and feel, and you can communicate that all day long till you're blue in the face. But what if people still cross your boundaries? That's when you need a backbone to your boundary. To get some backbone in your boundary, you have to decide what you're going to do if and when people cross that boundary. So let's take the situation of caring for an elderly parent again. There are siblings in town, there are siblings out of town. You have a list of things that you want and you need. And so you need to ask yourself, what am I going to do if these needs don't get met? What am I going to choose to do if people don't respond to my requests? And it's not like you're doing a tit for tat revenge kind of thing. You're just protecting yourself and creating your own policies and boundaries around what you're willing to do. For example, if I don't have a sibling come in at least twice a week by the end of the month and have a schedule set up for that, then I'm going to dip into mom's savings and I'm going to hire someone to come in twice a week and it's going to cost this much. There's a difference between making this kind of statement as a threat. If you don't do this, then I'm going to and actually having it be a backbone boundary. Let's take another example. If I can't get help at least three days a week and it's not all arranged by the end of the month, then I plan to put mom in the nursing home. There are two different ways to make that statement. One of them is as a threat, and you've probably said this kind of thing if you're caring for elderly parents and you've gotten overwhelmed and none of the siblings are helping. You'll have a family meeting and you'll say, I'm putting her in the nursing home if I can't get this figured out. This is a thing. And, and everybody kind of knows it's a threat. And so they all promise to do better and they really intend to do better, but there's really no consequences if they don't do better. And so it gets better for a little while and then it's going to peter off again. The difference between that kind of a threat that you don't think and they don't think that you'll carry through with 
is taking the time to calm yourself and to really get clear on what you are willing to carry through with. I know it's hard for anyone to think about putting their parent in a nursing home. Here's a useful tool in that situation. I want you to do a thought experiment. We love our parents and you're probably taking care of them because you love them, even though it is overwhelming and you just can't handle it anymore. And you may have thoughts to yourself like, well, what would they do without me? It's not like I can just leave her on the doorstep somewhere. I'm the only one she's got. Well, what if you get hit by a bus tomorrow? You get hit by a bus tomorrow. They spend a week preparing your funeral. You're dead. You're gone. Someone's going to take care of her. Someone's going to step up and they're going to figure it out. You are not indispensable here. And believing you're indispensable is going to create weak boundaries that don't have a backbone because you're not willing to carry through with what would be the most useful, sane thing to do in this situation. Another tool that really helps me is if I think, is there anyone else on the planet who might handle this differently? Is there anyone else on the planet who might actually put their mom in a nursing home? Is there anyone else on the planet who, who's still a kind of loving person, but who would still do that because it's just not within their wherewithal? Is there anyone else on the planet who might take these various kinds of actions or even what might they do in this situation? when we can separate ourselves just a little bit and realize that other people have had this problem and they have found other solutions, then we can ask ourselves, am I willing to do that solution? You don't have to permanently be willing to put your mom in a nursing home, but you could say, you know what? I am willing to try this for four months, A, to see if anybody actually steps up and B, to see what it feels like, because this might be the best solution. Something really, really powerful happens when you have a backbone boundary, when you have something clear that you know you're willing to do, it no longer becomes a ranty whiny threat. I just can't take this anymore. I need to, I'm going to just put it and you just get hysterical and you're like, I can't do this anymore. So I'm putting her in the nursing home. That's an entirely different field than a backbone boundary where you say in this family meeting, you know, I've thought a lot about this and I have these thoughts and needs and wants and feelings about it. And this is my plan. If we can't work this out by the end of the month, she'll be in there for four months. This is how much it costs. And this is the kind of break that I'm going to need. And I think it will be useful for all of us. It allows you to stay calm. It allows you to stay reasonable because you know, in your mind and in your heart that you're absolutely willing to keep that boundary. It changes the whole conversation. So boundaries, there's a lot more there, but as a clear statement of what's okay and what's not okay, what you will and won't do, there's two main principles. You have to know what you want, think, need, and feel before you can tell someone else. And once you have a backbone boundary, something you know you're willing to do, you can completely stay calm as you're talking to people in the situation. It does take some practice to learn how to do boundaries, but it is a skill that is completely worth the effort to learn. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.